Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Kate Constable here with you. And it's time to talk about Sunday's NFL action for this Week 12. And let's start with the Buccaneers and the Colts. Indianapolis, two-and-a-half-point favorites at home with a total of 44-and-a-half. Kate, this game is sneaky good and sneaky interesting. Tampa Bay still very much in the hunt to win the NFC South. Indianapolis... Not at all out of it when it comes to getting an AFC wildcard spot. All of those things being considered, what do you like in this game? I'm not sure. I'm really not sure what I like in this game, if anything at all. I'm concerned about the Bucks secondary. A um, little banged mm-hmm. up right now. Brian Neal out with thumb. Uh, Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean dealing with injuries. They're questionable. I mean, if, if they have to start some rookies in the secondary, that could be an issue for the Colts passing game. Um, now, I would imagine the Colts are going to try and run the ball with Jonathan Taylor as much as possible. But still, that opens things up for, you know, some deep shots and to just kind of like open up the game a little bit and allow the running game to get going. So, Colts at home, though, have also been really bad. Like, they're much better mm-hmm. on the road. So I don't really know what to make of this game. If anything, I would probably lean towards an under. That total 44 and a half, I mean, that's not terribly high. I feel like that's kind of like, you know, right around average. It's high in today's NFL. <laughs> game like that. But, yeah, so I would have to lean towards the under just thinking that these teams aren't going to be able to score a lot because their offenses have been so bad. Um, if I had to take a side, mm-hmm. probably go t- lean towards the Bucks, even though I would love a three there. Mm-hmm. In a game like this, I look towards which team is going to turn the ball over more, and Baker Mayfield's actually been pretty good at taking care of the football. So uh, leaning towards the Bucks, but I'm not putting any of my money on this game. That's just kind of the way I'm looking at it. No, and all of those are uh, fair critiques, I would say, when it comes to, yes, this should be a a fun game, to say the least, uh, sneaky fun, I suppose. But at the same time, you you look at this matchup, and okay, there's a lot that perhaps leaves to be desired just because Gardner Minshew, is he relying on his running game a little bit more than perhaps he, well, rather, that Gardner Minshew is probably airing it out a little bit too often, that that maybe he should keep things a little bit more conservative. I don't know. Uh, but what's in, what I think has impressed me the most when it comes to Tampa Bay is just that Baker Mayfield has not been the Baker Mayfield old. He was always rattled whenever pressured, Mm -hmm. whenever he was blitzed, bad things would tend to happen. And it was something that you could set your watch to. But now 
Baker Mayfield's actually played fairly well. Not that he's always making something out of nothing, but especially when he's getting outside the pocket because of pressure or things like that, he's been okay. Yeah, his sack rate has started to go up a little bit over these last few weeks, but it's not at an alarming rate to where you feel like, okay, I don't know if Mayfield should be a starting quarterback in the NFL anymore. I think he has taken a step forward just in terms of his overall career trajectory. And so in that respect, I do feel like that, yes, the Colts defense is great against play action. They're okay defending short passes. But I do feel like that Baker Mayfield, especially with that connection to Mike Evans, can be something that will give Indianapolis fits. And because I still love Mike Evans, I still believe that he's an outstanding receiver and you know, also sort of highlights just how top-heavy the Bucs have been all season long. I think Tampa Bay can cover this number. I think they can keep it within two. Do you think Mayfield's turnaround is a product of the Bucks' style of play and coaching? Like, mm -hmm. how do you go from struggling so much with the Browns that they don't bring you back? You jump around a couple different places, and now it's just odd that at this point in his career, he's finally playing like the the player that people thought he was when they drafted him. Mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of that is offensive coordinator Dave Canales. I think a lot of that is uh, having him roll out just a little bit more pre-step motion is certainly something that they've emphasized. And I think just having Baker Mayfield in a position where things aren't just so predictable, I think that's helped him out a good bit because I think his ad-libbing is something that Mayfield probably prides himself in. And he needs to be in a structure where at least there's a little bit of room for that. And it seems to me like that has sort of been embraced. And there's a reason why he won the quarterback job is just because the way this offense is structured sort of caters to Mayfield's athleticism. And we're finally seeing that in full display to where, yes, especially with a couple of hot shot receivers, they can actually do enough to keep things interesting. Like they're, they're not going to be world beaters. Like there's an obvious ceiling as far as what Mayfield and this offense can accomplish. And they will figure out down the road what that means as far as personnel. But in the here and the now, there's a reason why the Bucks are still very much in contention for that division. And a lot of that is just because of this wonderful marriage that's gone on between Mayfield's athleticism and Dave Canales, the offensive coordinator. Now, when it comes to props here, um, what I find fascinating is while the rushing attack for the Colts uh, is much ballyhooed, uh, notably with Jonathan Taylor, I do wonder if this is going to be a slower game and say the pace of play goes down a little bit, whether drives are sputtering or say like Mayfield's constantly completing short passes and yeah, he's moving the sticks, but these drives are lasting seven to eight minutes to where say Jonathan Taylor is just not going to be on the field for very long. And so I wonder with his prop at 80 and a half rushing yards, if it's best to look at the under just because of circumstance. Yeah, I do kind of like that look. And I, how many games have we seen from Jonathan Taylor where he's just exploded this year? Not too many. Mm -hmm. Like he's he's been the best back for the Colts. I mean, for for good reason. And he is the main piece in that offense, but he hasn't had like a ton of explosions. So I'm, I'd be fine looking at an under there, uh, especially with a, a lot of the players yesterday. And I mean, I guess this is main, I shouldn't say a lot of the players, but like CD mm -hmm. didn't necessarily go off. Like we thought he would just because he's been having some, some big time games. So I always tend to look to overs because you know, that's more fun to bet. You want to root for a lot of action, but the unders, this could be a week where unders are kind of the trend, and especially for some of these top players whose lines are a little uh, inflated, 
because they are carrying their teams. And there are several games, I think, for this weekend where we're probably not going to be paying as close of attention. I think this is still a really good game, but it may not be a popular game nationally. And if that's the case, then maybe you're a little bit more comfortable betting an under. And maybe that's the sharp play, ultimately, just because uh, it may not be so star-studded in a game like this. It might be those secondary players who are ultimately going to decide the outcome of this one. How about we move on to a game that I know you and I agree is massively important, and that would be the Jaguars and the Texans. Jacksonville, one-and-a-half-point favorites here on the road with a total of 47-and-a-half. A nice, fun, higher total. Thank goodness for that, Kate. Uh, yeah, and I am I like the over in this game. I think both mm-hmm. of these offenses could, this could kind of just be a back and forth shootout today. A lot of what these teams' defensive weaknesses are kind of play into the hands of each other's offense and the quarterback's strengths because the pass, the passing defense for both these teams, not all that great, but what do these teams or what do these two quarterbacks look to do most? Throw the ball. I mean, CJ Stroud is averaging, what, 300-some yards on the season? Um, has yeah. had some massive big yardage games. I know he had those three um, red zone interceptions last week, but turn a couple of those into touchdowns and all of a sudden this total could be even higher. Um, Maybe we're getting a little bit of a discount because of some of those uh, interceptions from Stroud that led to no points being scored for the Texans. So I'm looking at the over in this one. I know this is a very important game for the division too, because the Texans have already beat the Jags at home earlier this year. So Jaguars kind of have to win this game, but I'd lean towards the Texans both on the side and um, the over in this one. It has felt like that Houston has had value when it comes to betting on them to win the AFC South. I mean, there was a time when their odds uh, had it at 11 to 1. Uh, Certainly, it's much shorter now, but I still feel like that there's value in this. I mean, look, Texans win this game, and they have the tiebreaker over the Jaguars. I believe the Texans have a much easier schedule uh, the rest of the way just because the Jaguars have that first place slate. So, yes, lots of opportunities to sort of back the Texans here in some way, shape, or form. Even something as simple as an over-team total is probably a safe Mm -hmm. play. I also think, too, that the first matchup between the two, which I know all too well because of Survivor, probably doesn't mean all that much here just because of all the fluky things that happened in that contest. There are probably still nuggets that you can extract from it, but I think for the most part, how both teams have played over the last few weeks, I think that's going to say a lot more about what the meeting will look like Sunday than say how they played against each other several weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, a lot of what special teams mistakes, some turnovers for the Jaguars in that first meeting, things that they've cleaned up and we haven't seen a ton from them since. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. I don't think you, you look back at that game and that tells you exactly how to bet this one. Um, I've been impressed with the Texans defense. I would say that they have the better defense right now over the Jaguars. And you look at their past couple of games, that's been, uh, they've been great on that side of the ball. So I, I mean, at home, You're getting a couple points. Plus, Trevor Lawrence is one and four against the spread when playing against the Texans. Now, I know this Texans team is better this year and and um, quite different from last the last couple seasons. But that only makes me like the Texans in this spot even more because they are better. And and Lawrence has been losing to the lesser Texans teams uh, (laughs) quite a bit in terms of covering spreads these last couple of seasons. 
Yeah, I'm with you as far as uh, some criticisms with this Jaguars defense. The pass rush, I think, is great. Josh Allen, Foye Oluokun, all that, they're great. And it's especially going to be important going up against a rookie quarterback who might be hanging on to the ball a little too long. You look at C.J. Stroud's average time to throw. It is beyond three seconds, and you would probably tend to expect that from a rookie quarterback, even a sensational one like C.J. Stroud. No doubt about it that he's been unbelievable. You know, the connections with Nico Collins and Tank Dell have been unbelievable. Uh, But at the same time, if you're hanging on to the ball that long, going up against elite pass rushers, if that offensive line breaks down in any way or they're able to attack the weak link, then that could spell disaster for Stroud. And so I would not be surprised, uh, and I believe Damian Pierce uh, is practicing fully now, I would not be surprised if, say, the Texans sort of rely on the running game a little bit more. Like, I'm certainly not going to try and dissuade you from going over there just because of game script. But I do think, though, that the Texans might rely on the rushing attack just a little bit more. And maybe from a prop perspective, there is some way to capitalize on that. Uh, Not seeing any props for, say, Singletary or Pierce, Uh, But still, though, once we have a clear idea of what this Texans backfield is going to look like, definitely that's what I'm going to be targeting. What's something in the prop market that stands out to you? Well, that makes me a little nervous, Ed, because the Jags run defense fourth in the league. I mean, only 87 yards on the ground per game this season. So I'm not sure I'd go with uh, any running back props for the Texans. I might go Stroud over one and a half touchdowns. I I still think that Mm -hmm. he's able to get some stuff done through the air. Um, It kind of goes along with my total of going over. If if the total over is going to hit, I'm going to need some TDs from from Stroud. And uh, you mentioned the connection he's had between Nico Collins and Tank Dell. I mean, they both have over 650 yards on the season, each of them. So hauling in a ton of passes. So I'm looking at uh, Stroud props. I think you could also maybe look at an interception for him as well. Just after those three last week, maybe things start to, I don't want to say unravel by any means, um, but, you know, maybe he gets a little bit more loose with the ball, um, trying to not force interceptions or, or, you know, (laughs) holds on to it a little bit too long and those types of things as a result happen. But I would say over uh, one and a half passing touchdowns. Although now that I'm looking at that, that's kind of heavily juiced. So maybe you, um, mm, minus 143, don't love that, actually. Uh, I'd go over I would not do it at then. that price. Yeah, no? completions might make a good bit more sense. Perhaps. 22 yeah. and a half. Yeah, that I, number seems kind of low. A little bit. But I, I also think they might be rolling on the ground game a little bit more. I know I get that the matchup is, is going to be a challenging one. But at the same time, like if you have the personnel to do it, especially with you have right. fresh legs there, I think that may uh, right. work out well for them. Let's move on now to the Panthers and the Titans. Tennessee three and a half point favorites at home with a total of 36 and a half. Low total. So we just automatically go with the under, right? <laughs> automatically. Yeah, right? You have to. I yeah, mean, of both yeah. of these offenses are awful. Awful. Panthers, 31st in total offense, 29th in run, 29th in pass, 20th in third down conversion. And it's not much better over on the Titans side. 27th in total, 19th in run, 27th in pass, 27th in third down conversion. I don't think we're going to be seeing a whole lot of points today. I, the This total is insanely low for an NFL game, but I feel like that still has to be kind of the right side. I don't see these offenses doing a whole lot. And honestly, Panthers defense, um, I don't want to say it's been good. It's been decent, but that would be the bright they spot have good of this players. team, I think. Yeah. Yeah, they have yeah. good players, but part part of the problem is they've been hurt. Like they, they've been injury yeah. prone, you know, pretty much all season long. So that's part of the issue having to have replacement guys kind of come in and still scheme this thing up. 
Uh, but as far as uh, what side I'm taking, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like because this Carolina defense uh, has been problematic at times, I'm going to back the Titans here. My model has this mm-hmm. as Tennessee minus four and a half to minus five. Uh, maybe a better live opportunity, depending upon what the Panthers try and do defensively. But even though Will Levis, you know, he's had some lackluster performances, I still feel like against this defense that he can shine. He can chuck it deep. He'll probably get some deep completions, maybe notably to DeAndre Hopkins. I'm expecting either that or a fantastic ground game. Either way, I think the Titans uh, have more than enough weapons uh, to cover this spread. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, a pivotal matchup in the NFC South between the Saints and Falcons. That and a lot more right here on the BetQL Network.